Hi guys, it's the Care Ministry Podcast. We're on episode 23. It is February 18th, 2021. Um, change the way you think, change your life from Romans 12 2. And Tommy has our soft opening today. Hey guys, uh, yeah, so... Uh, before we get kicked off, though, I just want to uh, throw this out there uh, that before we start our soft start today, uh, we just want to let you know that this that this particular podcast is going to be uh, in the realm of PG-13. And so if you have little ones around uh, or uh, uh, small ears around, uh, if, if you could just uh, pause, come back to this at a later date uh, or a later time. Uh, that That's just our recommendation because we, we, we think this is a wonderful topic, but we also want to make sure that uh, uh, that we respect um, our, our our younger uh, our younger folks. So, uh, so our soft start today <laughs> is, uh, and we got a little music to kick us off here. So, in, in uh, proper care team fashion. All right. So, uh, in <laughs> we just came off Christmas. We just came off Valentine's Day. So we know that there's a lot of folks who have uh, who have popped the question and are now engaged. So, uh, so praise God. That's awesome. But so today, uh, our soft start is uh, marriage, wedding prep, life hacks, or even don't do this. And so I'll, I'll kick us off a couple things. Uh, so one one wedding uh, I, I went to, it was really cool. Um, and uh, uh, well, I'm not going to say their names, but if you guys are listening, uh, I've never seen it before. So I don't know where you got this idea from or if you read it or if you guys came up with it, but it was a unity tree. And so they took dirt. And, uh, and I, I think, I can't remember now if they took dirt from their hometown and then, you know, one scoop of each and then put it into the tree and just kind of came together, which was really, really cool. Uh, for those guys who know me, we don't have our unity candle anymore. It's in a big mesh with many other candles. <laughs> <laughs> so don't do that. Uh, but another thing I thought was really cool was uh, I went to a wedding uh, a couple of uh, mentored a few years ago. And their pre-wedding music was actually orchestra music that was uh, covering grunge music. Oh my gosh! It was awesome. And then when they introduced the the wedding party okay. at, the, at the reception, they all either did like some kind of like a choreographed dance each couple did, or they had like some kind of like a skit that they performed, and it was awesome. So. Oh wow, that's cool! Oh, I don't right. really have a yeah a, a wedding hack. Maybe maybe something for. For a marriage, I think my first thought was when you have um, issues in a relationship or even just every day, you know, day-to-day things you do or decisions, keep those primarily between you and your spouse um, and keep keep um, your parents and your friends and things out of that and make, make your relationship primary, you know, directly behind God before your children, before your parents, before your friends, and just, just make your relationship central and don't don't bring other people into your decisions about how you're going to live your life and run your household. Um, that That's something that, that's been helpful for me in the past, and I think it's something that, um, as my daughter steps into marriage here very soon, it's been good for them relationship just to keep keep their issues amongst themselves and not spread them out with, with family and parents. Yeah, that's I like good. that. Yeah. That's good. Callie? Um, I think for me, I'm going to stick in the dating realm because I am younger and I have not been married before or in that season. But um, I think something that's been really helpful for me in dating is just um, just being really open with communication. Um, just making sure that if there is kind of like what Lori was saying, just like if there is an issue um, that is brought to light, like making sure that 
you all can work through that together, um, making sure that it's something that not everybody else has to be a part of, and it's just between you guys, or even just learning more about one another, being able to communicate your thoughts and your feelings instead of just um, trying to, I guess, expecting people to know what you need like being able to communicate your needs to that person i think that's really important so communication that's, sure. that's really yeah. good yeah you you and you and Lori Callie took it to a deep place rushing so I'm, it i'm going to i'm going to meet i'm going to meet it with a, a deep thought first and then kind of a funny one to end but uh, for me I, I know that when Jessica and i first got married uh, we really tried to keep the biblical mandate to not let the sun go down on our anger and it took several years before I heard a, therap- a Christian therapist say, you know, not letting the sun go down in your anger doesn't mean don't let the sun go down on your argument. And and I think that's really important because what that's talking about is it's the need for me to let go of my anger, to confess my anger to God and to deal with it. But everybody has a different arguing style. And sometimes people aren't able, you know, sometimes it is good to sleep and finish the argument the next day when you're more calm and you're ready to talk. So that don't let the sun go down mm-hmm. in your anger doesn't always mean finish your argument at three in the morning. That's not <laughs> that's not what that means. Right. Yeah. But the funny, really one, the funny one yeah. is uh, sometimes we all get jitters and nerves. And so on my wedding day, to help myself not be nervous... I literally taped two pieces, two notes to the bottom of my shoes because we had planned to kneel for part of the service. So I I wrote so that the audience could read, I'm not nervous on the bottom of my shoes. So when I knelt knelt down, they would see that on my shoes. And just doing that and telling myself I wasn't nervous really helped me to feel less nervous. So that's my my hack. I like it. I like it. Well... Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, uh, if if, uh, if you have little ones around, uh, this would be the time to pause and, and maybe come back to it. But so today we're going to talk about uh, this is going to be the first uh, episode of a multi-part series we're going to do over the next few months and maybe even years is uh, is healthy sexuality. And so <clears throat> the, the first place where uh, where we really want to emphasize is, is sex prior to marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and we want to, we want to talk about how healthy sexuality, um, plays out, uh, before marriage. And so while we want to look at what the Bible says, we also want to make sure we, we understand a little bit about what the, the world is telling us, but we also want to focus more. So, I mean, in, in, when we look at the world and we look at what the Bible says, uh, we, we don't want to go down too much of the worldview uh, of, of what that looks like. We want to really uh, stay focused because it's there, there's so much written in God's word about healthy sexuality. And we want to make sure we do that well uh, with, with our, the best of our ability. And so uh, a couple of things that, uh, that I know that I've seen and, 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 people on this folks or people on this team have seen and, and even folks who are listening is that the world uh, has this idea of promoting and encouraging sex before marriage. And it's hundred percent grace, hundred percent truth. I just want to say it doesn't align with the Bible and it's just to make sure we really mm-hmm. hammer that home. Tommy, I wanted to respond to that too. I, I love what you said about, we don't really need to focus on, what the world says about sex because we're inundated 
every day with what the world <laughs> yeah. says about yeah. sex through TV, right. uh, video, Facebook, uh, even, you know, you're selling, I don't know, uh, think of anything on TV and it seems like they're selling it with sexuality. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it could be a chocolate bar, it could be a car, it could be a cleaning product. And somehow we're, we're tying all of that always to this unhealthy, um, you know, humanistic uh, sexual viewpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so one, one of the last things I want to say about the world is that, uh, you know, we were talking as we were prepping for this, that one of the, and again, we want to try to keep it PG 13. We don't want to go rated R or NC 17, but I, I will say this. And that is that too many times people want to have this response of, well, what we're doing is not intercourse or part of it is, is maybe they are having intercourse and they, 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 they see it, uh, they, they start justifying their position. You know, maybe it's one of those things where they see others and they're saying, well, everyone else is doing it. Or uh, if you saw that movie, uh, I, I didn't see the whole movie. I, I saw enough to realize that it's the movie that I don't personally want to uh, finish. Every, uh, what is it? Uh, Friends with Benefits. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, some people say, well, I'm probably going to marry this person anyways. There, there's no guarantee. Mm -hmm. Uh some people will say it's my human right to, and, and we've talked a lot before in care ministry and uh, in counseling that there are things in this world that are legal, but it doesn't mean it's for your good and for God's glory. Uh, so just that's another thing to think about. You know, I, the other thing too is that uh, Hollywood and the world and social media and media, they, they, they sell this idea of like having an exciting hookup night. And how how glamorous that is, mm. and and actually, uh, Tom and I were actually talking about. There was a a, a pastor who who calls himself a, who proclaims themselves as a Christian pastor, and they had a disturbing article, or maybe as part of their book, I can't remember now exactly. It was a while back, but basically said that those type of unions, even even outside of the realm of one man one woman, uh, so if it's you know heterosexual or excuse me homosexual or. Uh, multiple partners is is holy in that person's view, and I'm like, that's just, again, 100% grace, 100% truth doesn't doesn't align with scripture. Yeah, let me let me jump in here too, and I want to make some room for for Callie and Lori. Um, but if you're listening to this, and um, you know, maybe maybe in your life, uh, you um, had premarital sex, or you find yourself in a relationship now where that's taken place. Uh, the point of this podcast is not judgment or for anybody here to throw stones. Uh, we want to encourage you. Uh, you know, God has designed uh, sex to be in the realm of marriage um, and, and not, not before or outside of. And we just really want to encourage and, and promote why God has uh, ordained it this way. Um, again, this is not meant to uh, make you know, to, to hurt anyone's feelings, to make judgment. It's really to encourage you that if this is an area you're currently struggling in or an area you've struggled with, or you're in a season of life where you're starting to date and, uh, and those temptations have arisen, we want this to be, uh, a, a strength for you and encouragement, a helper. So, uh, I want to just, just ask Callie and Lori just kind of to check in on this subject. And if you've got any thoughts, uh, that have been kind of brewing as you knew this topic was coming up to share those with us. Mm -hmm. Well, um, as you know, Tom said a minute ago about, you know, what we're, what we're doing is, is not 
technically intercourse. It, you know, I think sometimes people forget that that sex is not just physical, but it's spiritual, and it, it affects us deeply, whether we we realize it or we want to admit it or not. Um, and that, you know, and I, I think a lot of people, especially women, you know, I think sometimes we confuse sex with with love or acceptance. And, you know, we get not only tangled up physically, but, but our, our spirit and our emotions get tangled up and we, we carry those things with us. And those things are hard to let go as we move on to, you know, relationships that are good and, um, you know, trying to, to learn how to have good, healthy sexual relationships. I, uh, I had a conversation in our, um, our single parenting class with, you know, with several women at one point. And, you know, we talked about, about dating, what that looks like and how that works and, um, just some practical steps to take. And there was kind of a consensus that a lot of people, a lot of the women that I've talked to don't, don't know what a, a, a healthy sexual relationship is because they, they never approached it the right way away. And then once they're in the middle of doing it the wrong way, it's hard, it's hard to step out of that. So it's, it's really important, um, as we approach those things to not, you know, not given to physical desires or, or just what we want, but to remember, you know, the how deeply sexual relationships affect us, you know, all of us. Lori, yeah. I think what you just said, if people didn't take any other point away from our podcast today, the idea yeah. that it's hard to take a step back once you've stepped in. Yes. I think, you know, it's, 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 uh, yes. it's so much harder to come back from it than it is to just prevent yourself from falling into temptation. So again, if you don't take anything else from this podcast, that point Lori just made, you know, you t put, take that one to the bank. Yes. <laughs> well, it, it yeah. the, the one thing too, uh, I, I, that I know we've already touched about, but, but, uh, one thing that I, I, I'm convicted to, to re remind myself and to read and reread is Romans three. And I, I just want to say that because, you know, as we think about this idea of 100% grace, 100% truth, you know, th this is not from a judgmental perspective. You know, in Romans uh, uh, 3.10, no one is righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, we all fall short of the glory of God. So we, we even if we wanted to to, to be judgmental, we, we can't. We don't, we don't, none of us are righteous on our own. We're only righteous through Christ. And so, uh, so. We've talked a little about what the world says, and and as we mentioned earlier, I want I want to focus heavily on what the Bible says. And and before I even get to that point, I, I I want to talk just briefly about some of the things that you know. I heard a pastor say one time too. He goes, uh, "The traditional um, message from a church is abstain from sex, and and that until you're married, which is is good. It's biblical aligns. But uh, if we're not careful though, uh, if we don't if we don't have the right message, if we don't if we're not uh, communicating effectively, if we're not being deliberate and intentional about what we say uh, at, within the church, as Christians in the church, you know, not even, not even a, a particular church, then we're, we're going to, we're going to have this message that we've heard many, many times before that uh, sex is from the devil or it's evil or it's dirty. And, and one pastor is like, so it's, it's, let me see here. It's, it's dirty. It's evil. It's from uh, it's 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 nasty, but you need to share it and only only engage in it with the one person you want to love the rest of your life. And I'm like, wow, that's like okay. 
Yeah. Hey, Callie, before we get too uh, much further into sort of the biblical um, idea and backing for uh, sex and marriage, um, I know that you haven't really checked in just in general on this topic. Um, So what are your kind of thoughts coming in uh, to this podcast today? Yeah, um, I'm really glad. And I know we're all kind of in agreement that we're really glad that Lori said what she said. I just had a conversation with a friend the other day. I was like, it is much harder to set boundaries after you've already passed the boundary that you're trying to set um, Mm -hmm. instead of creating those boundaries at the beginning and just sticking to them. Um, So I'm really glad that was addressed because I know that that's a big struggle that people have in relationships and like not marriage, but like in dating relationships. Um, I know that that's just a really big temptation and um, yeah, I think it's just, so hard to um to find healthy boundaries in these relationships because we don't have an exact outline um you know the bible tells us to flee from sexual immorality but sometimes we just question what that really looks like like is this technically being sexual sexually immoral um or is this okay yeah it's just like finding that balance between like Mm -hmm. um what's healthy and what's unhealthy for where we're at right now. So I know, I know that one of the things that I hear a lot, maybe not explicitly shared, but said uh, from a lot of people um, in a counseling situation, pastoral counseling, but also just in passing is that, uh, well, um, we know God forgives us, and and Tommy kind of alluded to this. We we knew we were in love, and we knew where our relationship was heading, et cetera, and. And one of the things that, that we, we talk about in care ministry and, and I hope folks are conscious of is that sin kind of comes with its own built-in consequences. Sometimes we think about sin as we don't want to be punished by God. So the reason we confess sin and we, we want to be forgiven for our sin is so that God doesn't punish us. But the problem with sin is that sin comes with its own innate consequences. And just because God forgives us of our sin— doesn't mean doesn't mean we don't have the consequences. We were talking to some uh, a doctor today that we may have on a later podcast, and he was he deals specifically with folks who have caught HIV through sharing needles and drugs. Well, God loves uh, everybody, and He loves those folks, and He wants to heal them and forgive them, and they can walk into that healing and that forgiveness. And guess what? They still have HIV. The reality is that sin has its own consequence. And so sex before marriage isn't about a pastor or a parent, an authority shaking a finger and wagging a finger at people and saying, oh, you're bad and you couldn't control yourself. It's about trying to help people avoid the consequences that come with premarital sex and having a union that isn't blessed by God. Because whomever you have sex with, you've joined with. And if that is not yeah. if that Absolutely. is not blessed by and covered by God, there's going to be some bad fallout. You can bet. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's like you guys have read my notes, and I haven't shared my notes with anybody. So, uh, what I, a few things I'm going to say uh, I've, uh, <clears throat> have briefly already been touched. But uh, so, so no, I, I love all these good points, and uh, you know. I, what I want to do today is when we start talking about sex uh, and we start thinking about what sex means in the context of a biblical marriage, you know, it really comes down to our theology of sex. And our theology of sex, uh, it, it, can, it can be very confusing. 
uh, if, if we're not careful. But the good thing is, is that the, the Bible has a lot, to, it, it talks a lot about sex, uh, starting in Genesis, um, you know, and so, and we're going to briefly just kind of touch on a few of those things here. But um, so the, the one thing I want to talk about real quick is a little bit about theology of sex. And then I want to talk a little about statistics, you know, for folks who are cohabitating slash having sex before marriage, because, and, and we'll get to that in a second. And then the last thing I want to do is I want to make sure we're focusing on some practical takeaways. What are some things we can run with today? Like, how can I, how can I put this into action now? And, and we've already touched on a couple of those, so praise God. But so the first thing is uh, my, my wife and I, we were at a conference. It was back in 2012. And one of the key things that really stuck out for me, and, and um, I can't remember now the exact question they phrased, but they said, you got to wait till the very last day to find out the one key to, uh, to, to great sex or something like that. And was this idea of exclusivity. So we're talking about one man, one woman, that's it. Nothing else. Exclusivity. And so, and, and, and as we go through and we start thinking about our theology of sex, that's going to be one of the resounding themes among the other themes that we're going to see here. So, so I got this theology of sex, uh, when I was going through, um, uh, seminary and, uh, this is from, uh, Dr. Ron Hawkins. Uh, I, I'm not going to have all of his, all of his points as far as theology. I just want to grab a few, uh, ones that were highlighted, uh, that were a little bit distinct and, and definitely important. So one is when we look at Genesis, so Genesis one, Verse 28, uh, it says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. And so we, we see here very early on in Scripture that one of the purposes of sex is to multiply. It, just understand that, that that is one of the key purposes behind sex, not the only purpose purpose behind sex and we can definitely we'll definitely unpack that in other podcasts but that is one of the key things that we want to think about when it comes to sex tommy i wanted to comment on that just i didn't even know where you were going necessarily with that but it hit you know we've talked before and maybe even on this podcast before about god's um ability to be simultaneously practical and spiritual and that he's not one or the other at the expense of the other yeah um and so procreation is sort of that practical piece yep. that we we can't multiply. That yeah. That is how he designed us to multiply. We can't multiply unless we're having sex. <laughs> um, that That is how we multiply, and that's the practical application. But the spiritual application of joining as well, of uh, not only being a helpmate to one another, mm. but also the... The uh, a good friend of mine used to call marriage the laboratory of the soul, that... God uses our our um, spouse as a sharpening tool to help us become more in the image of Christ. Yeah. And and I'm probably getting off in in later podcasts about this, but it's really important to me that people know that you really form in some sense another trinity within your marriage. Mm-hmm. That Jesus is in the center, mm-hmm. and and how important it is that that's an exclusive, as you the word you use, the exclusivity. That that's an exclusive relationship that God has blessed, so that Jesus can be in the center of that relationship and use your personality, who God made you to be, to help form your spouse and likewise. And so there's this very practical thing going on during sex, but there's this very spiritual thing going on during sex as well. Yeah, 
Man, again, I think you're reading my notes over here, but <laughs> he can't see my notes for those. I can't, I can't yeah, see yeah he, he he's got it right here. Um, the uh, the you know on that part of procreation, you know, I heard a pastor say one time, this guy, he's, he's like half comedian, half pastor. And it's hilarious to hear him talk, but he goes, he goes, think about it this way. He goes, you know, uh, like when, when kids are younger, they're, you know, and, and they come across somebody who's of the opposite sex for whatever reason, accidentally. Uh, and they're like, why do they have that? Or why did, why did they have that? And he goes, bottom line is God made it pretty simple. He goes, two people are made to come together, uh, in a very clear way. And in nine months later, you find out that it worked. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and so just to understand, you know, when we started thinking about this, this idea of multiply, uh, you know, that, that, that was uh, a very, you know, very pragmatic, very practical way that, uh, the, the, uh, practical purpose behind God's design for sex. So the, the, the next thing, uh, as we talk about, you know, the sexual appetite and, and this idea of a seal. So we, we see that in scripture a couple different times and, and the one, the one thing that I remember Dr. Hawkins was, was uh, helping us see was he goes, think about it like this. He goes, if you go to buy Tylenol or uh, some type of a you know, ibuprofen or something like that, before you take that, you're going to check one thing, right? You're going to make sure that seal is not broken. It's the same way. Like if, if, you, if you both, if, if one man and one woman abstain from sex until they're married, and then they, they come together, there's no worry about, you know, uh, is there a seal? Well, I don't know. Not, not, not to say like a, a physical seal, but there's a, it's an untampered. Mm-hmm. And so, and so there's just, there's a lot less stress, anxiety, worry, you know, with that. And so, uh, and, and so that, that, that's just another way to, to help us see that this is another reason why God wants us to abstain from sex until we get married. I I want to I know Tommy and I are talkers for those of you who haven't figured that out over the podcast yet so I definitely want to make room for, yeah. for Callie and Lori uh, but I, I I definitely wanted to comment on this because thoughts for me come and go very quickly and if I don't say them now it's gonna it's gonna leave my mind but Tommy you and I have talked about this before and you know part of of waiting and saving yourself for someone is not only biblical but just the the payoff for uh the sexual partners for them for the man and the wife for the husband and wife um too many times in counseling couples whether we're talking about uh issues of infidelity sexual struggle um expectations sexually when people have engaged in sex prior to marriage, it's often not just with the person they're getting married to. Mm-hmm. It's in other relationships. It's in prior relationships. And part of the problem that this sets up is now there's comparisons. And and that's human nature. That doesn't mean that person is bad or it means that now in their mind they have they have experienced sex, they've experienced someone else's body, they've experienced their own sexuality, and now there it creates this idea, if you haven't had sex with anybody else, then the sex in your marriage is the sex in your marriage. Mm-hmm. The sex in your marriage doesn't have any comparison. Yep. You don't you can't you don't know whether it's good or not. It is what it is. And that may sound if it's the only sex you've ever had, it's the greatest sex that's, you've ever that's had. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Right? <laughs> I mean, people don't think about again, that's got sort of a practical and spiritual application. But if if you if you if you can't compare it, you can't compare it. And and you would be doing your marriage and yourself a lot of favors. And so, again, this isn't God shaking his finger at us 
uh, you know, he's spirit, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> but you know, the, the, his, <laughs> anyway, it's more about God's heart for us, his heart for us getting the most we can out of marriage, for having a good marriage, for having a solid marriage and for having a marriage where sex is is only good and only something to be celebrated and not something that causes uh, strife and destruction in the marriage. And so if you're a young person dating or engaged and, and struggling with temptation, just know uh, there's such a great, uh, I hate to use the word, but for lack of a better word, payoff, uh, if you'll, if you'll wait. And I hope we'll, we'll come back around to the idea of, of being tempted uh, but before we get too deep into that, Lori and Callie, um, lots been said. What's been going through your mind? Well, I, I was just thinking about what you said about the comparison. And, you know, not just in the sexual context, text, but when you're with someone, if you're, you're dating them or whatever, you, you want to believe, uh, just speaking as a woman, you want to believe you are the most beautiful, the most special, the most unique yep. woman that that man's ever been with. And if you know that he's been with multiple other people, that that sometimes is just in the back of your mind. And so, and then when you bring sex into it, that's just, that's just compounded. And it, it can only bring, bring negative things. Yeah, I think whenever you, uh, whenever you know that you're starting to date someone and it, you understand that even you and the other person have both been with like one or several other people. It's kind of that there is a lot of, I feel like almost anxiousness because you're like, what if like, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but I think that comparison factor could be um, attributed to it. Um, Not even for the sake of like surpassing boundaries, but just like physically, like how they appear or just their personality traits or whatever it could be. It's like, you don't want to be compared. Um, I don't, sure. I don't really know. Where no, I'm I think that's good. Yeah. But you don't, you don't want to perceive as not good enough or not, sure. not yeah. as good as, yeah. Well, the last you don't want to feel like inadequate. And it oh, takes, right. and it takes, especially if we're talking about two Christian people, um, two Christian people, probably younger people, but not always. Um, it also compounds shame because whether the per- people mm-hmm, want to yeah. admit it or not, they know they violated God's law. They know they violated God's wish for their lives and for their soon to be marriage. And so now you have two people bringing their shame in this area into the relationship and that can't help but be, um, maybe even a, a, a burden uh, to their, their own sex life and their own marriage, but definitely just this, uh, it, it starts to create a wall and a problem before there's, there's ever a relationship. Um, and so mm-hmm. we're outlining a lot of reasons, I think, that are outside of uh, just moral obligation, uh, very practical reasons yep. why if, if you're in a position where you can wait, you need to wait. The, uh, so I, I just had a couple other points on, on this topic of theology, and then uh, now I really want to dive into next steps. But one is uh, is that not only is sex under the seal of a covenant between one man and one woman in the context of their marriage, uh, not is it not only is it just good, but it's also pure, honorable, and holy. And so in 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 Hebrews thirteen four it says, "Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage be undefiled." 
uh, but for, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. And so, so within the sanctity of, of, of a marriage between one man and one woman uh, in their home, uh, it, it's, it's a sanctified place for, for sex in marriage. And so just, you just to understand that it is good. It's not evil. It's not, uh, you know, something that, uh, that we shouldn't talk about. It's just, but we just need to make sure we, we clarify. The other thing too is, um, that, that sex is for pleasure. And so when we look at things like, I'm just trying to quickly scroll through here in my, in my Bible, uh, but Proverbs 5, 18 through 19. So, you know, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in, in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe, be intoxicated, always in, in her love. And then when you look also in Songs of Solomon, like four, especially one through 15, you just see this like idea and just, now some of those words, guys, if you're out there, it's probably not something you want to tell your wife, uh, but but I think you get the gist when you're reading through Songs of Solomon four. I mean, you you just see like this this delight, this yeah, intense what, pleasure. What's one of the things he compare? <laughs> you gotta you gotta give one. Okay, of okay, them. okay, okay, okay. So uh, hang on, a don't leave people hanging. No, man. no, no, no. Your neck is like the Tower of David. <laughs> don't do that, guys. That's right. You have a long giraffe-like yeah. neck. Yeah, or, that's that uh, one works every time. Yeah, yeah, that, that's probably one of my favorites. I thought there's there another one. I'm thinking. Oh about. man! But but you guys get what I'm saying. Like you know, when, <laughs> when you see here, the Song of Solomon, it, it's it's a wonderful book. It's not a dirty book. It's a biblical book, but it's talking about sex within the context of marriage. And then lastly, we we've touched about this a little bit, but uh, with sexual intercourse, it's not just a physical thing. It's not just a one and done and be and be done with it. and You forgot about it. No, there's this is a very deep knowing. And when we look in the Bible, we see things like. You know, Adam knew Eve, but then you have Joseph who did not know Mary until after Jesus was born. And so it's just a very deep knowing of each other. And it's a very, uh, it's a very deep connection. Uh, there's a lot of sharing. There's a lot of giving. And, and it's wonderful. But, but because of that, it, it's not just a physical act. Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm going to forget which book, so please forgive me. It was in one of Pete Scazzaro's books um, that he and, and his wife talked about. Um, part of the struggle for men and women is that for men, intimacy starts with sex and for women, intimacy ends in sex. And so a lot of the time why we find ourselves struggling or on different pages with this and tempted in different ways is because we really come at it differently depending on gender. And what I want to encourage everyone is that I do believe the right place for sex, as Tommy was talking about, is sort of the exclamation point on our intimacy with one another. Yeah. Um, and again, I think we've shared this on yeah. another podcast, but intimacy can be broken up into intimacy. Mm -hmm. And as a couple is courting and dating and building up to being married, that is an opportunity. And I think Callie was alluding to this to get real, to get to get vulnerable, to be transparent with one another so that there's a real spiritual and emotional bond so that sexual intercourse is literally the final exclamation in knowing each other. That so much of society says that's the way you start to know each other. Yep. And we wonder why we struggle and have fights and have so many people depressed and brokenhearted and crimes of passion and all these things we have in our culture. It's because our culture's convinced itself that intimacy starts with sex rather than ending in sex. And so I just want to encourage people that there are so many opportunities and ways to know each other, to be intimate and to build up to 
physically coming together that why don't we focus on emotionally and spiritually coming together first? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so as we transition into next steps, I just kind of want to read a few stats here. And, and this this is from Focus on the Family. It has to do with living together. But if we're being honest, if we're talking about two people living together prior to marriage, uh, not that we know this for certain, but there's probably a good chance that there is premarital sex happening. And so, and again, we, we just want to be honest. And, 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 you know, I just want to lead by saying again, 100% grace, 100% truth. You know, you, you don't have to continue that way. Uh, you know, there, there are other ways. And so like one, one stat here says here, uh, nearly half of all unmarried women are currently living with a partner or have done so before that, that, that's a lot of people. And then like another, a statistic here, it says Mm -hmm. couples who live together before marriage are 50 to 80% more likely to divorce. And then this last statistic here, couples who cohabitate are two to eight times more vulnerable to sexual infidelity. And, and, and these are, and, and these, these stats just kind of go on and on and on. Uh, but the, the bottom line is, you know, is, is if you want, if you want a, a, a strong commitment in your marriage, if you want to be more, if you want your spouse to be more faithful to you, uh, if you want a spouse who works with you to solve problems, is practical, is emotionally supportive, less prone to violent, violent behavior, less likely to divorce, then I would, we, what we're saying is, is that, you know, th- these are all statistics, but the, you know, it's, it's like one of those things where, you know, a lot of time we, we tell, we talk about things like task and purpose. Sometimes, you know, uh, you know, we can see all throughout the Bible that, that God tells us the task and many times he tells us the purpose. And this is here is just science that's backing up what God is telling us. So, so a couple, a couple ways, a couple, uh, we want to give you a few things that you can take away and you can run with after this episode. Uh, one is to seek out when you're looking for a, a future spouse, if you're single, look for someone that has the same foundation in Christ that you do. You know, I know there's all these different websites and all that stuff, and 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 I'm sure that there's nuggets of gold in, in, in each one of those, like from here to there. But um, I heard once that it's 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 less about your chemistry; it's 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 more important that you focus on your your uh, your connection with Christ. So it's not so much about your chemistry, but it's more about your connection with Christ and, and being, uh, being made whole in Christ, you know, another, so, so that would be like step, you know, one possible next step. Another one is maybe you're already in a relationship. Maybe, you know, it's, it's at this point, maybe God's pressing on your heart to say, you know what, let's just have a conversation and let's make a commitment that no matter what, we are going to be abstinent until we're married, that we are going to abstain from, from, from sex until we get married. Uh, what I heard a pastor say one time too, at the same conference back in 2012, he said to his kids and, uh, they, they don't date until they're 17. He goes that away. He goes, they got one year to figure out if it's the person I want to marry. And at 18, they can literally get married early. <laughs> and, and he goes, and so, and so Jill and I, that, that, that's really pressed on our heart. And so we haven't really, we don't have any 17 year old kids yet, uh, nor any of our kids dating, but that's, that's just something that, you know, that the God is kind of, you know, pressing on our heart. Maybe we need to kind of lean towards, you know, uh, you know, that type of a thought. You know, the other thing too is that the earlier you get married, the earlier you can start having kids and the earlier you can start or the earlier you can start having grandkids and you can start spending time with those grandkids. Um, uh oh. Yeah, oh no, no, no. We got some laughter. Let's let's hear the response to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, just talking. I don't know. Um just that being the reason that to start getting married soon is to start having grandkids sooner and I have a, a grandkid coming up, and I'm excited, but sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm a little too young for that. <laughs> that's, that's, that was just a personal thing while I was laughing. And just in case you didn't hear, Lori has a grandchild on the way, and that is so awesome. So yeah. Just yay. give her some. Yay. We're excited you know, to. 
you know, we've gotten away. We've gotten away. It's funny, Tommy, when you said that, I just kind of had this thought. I'm, I'm watching, I won't say what television show, but I'm watching a show that's more like, like old fashioned, like, yeah. like a couple hundred years ago, old fashioned. Okay. And they talk about this idea of courting and we don't use that word yep. or that concept anymore. But I think what's happened with terms like dating is we've made relationships casual. Yep. And when you make relationships mm-hmm. casual, you make things like sex casual. And courting was literally mm-hmm. this idea that you were building up to marriage. You were yep. building up to proposing and getting married. And I think if we started taking more of a concept of, I'm not going to, you know, it's one thing to be friends with the opposite sex, and we can have that argument whether that's even possible. But whether you, you think that's possible or not, there's a difference between being friends with someone and just keeping it friendly and quote unquote dating. Yep. When you're dating, I'm hoping the object is this could be the person. Yep. This could be the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. And if you're not thinking that, then maybe you don't have any business dating. Yep. Uh, yeah. And so that makes a lot of sense to me. I hadn't hit, yeah. heard anybody say the whole 17 year old thing. And I, I was trying to decide whether I agree with it or not. And that's when it popped in my head that maybe we need to have more of a courting idea and yep. less of a dating idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Well, and again, it wasn't my I, idea. I don't but, know yeah. how I feel about Go ahead. I don't know how I feel about the whole 17-year-old dating idea simply because, I don't know, I, I feel like when you're young and you start dating, it kind of helps you learn how to have relationships and learn how to make mistakes without such big consequences. That's, yeah, that's and and we're not we're not on this podcast to tell people how to parent. I hope if if nothing oh. else, we're just raising ideas, yeah. and, and encouraging people to think through it. Like for example, I hadn't thought of the whole courting versus dating yep. thing before, and so mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just appreciate being made to think about that stuff. And Tommy, I don't want to yeah. interrupt all your points, no, but no. I want to I want to give some practical Sorry. encouragement to people too, and that is, you know you are going to face sexual desire. And Mm -hmm. I think it was Dallas Willard in a talk that I heard on, on YouTube differentiating between desire and temptation. And he really talks about temptation really comes when we allow our desires and our thoughts to run with us. That I'm, if, if I start to have sexual thoughts and thoughts that I know are going to lead me into a place that's not good I can't go into temptation if I stop it there. If yep. I if I stop and I pray and I ask God or I go talk to a trusted friend or a pastor or a counselor, it won't get to the point of temptation. Temptation really comes when we've allowed ourselves uh, to take those thoughts, those sexual thoughts, those sexual feelings, and allowed those to take root and to continue to sort of meditate on those things to the point where we feel tempted. Mm-hmm. And so I just encourage folks, don't let yourself get to the point of temptation. Have a friend you can talk to. And, you know, sexual desire and sexual energy is a real thing. And energy has to be spent somewhere. So if you don't want to be having sex prior to marriage, then having a good exercise program 
running around the block when you're feeling that way, some other way to expend that energy because it is energy. It is yep. some, it has to go somewhere. Something has to happen with that. So I think coupling the idea of having someone to talk to and, and, uh, confess to and having, um, something to do with the energy when that comes up is very real because whether we like it or not, we're as much, uh, physical and hormonal beings as we are, are emotional and spiritual. And so we have to be real about those feelings, sensations, and temptations will come. Yep. Well, and, and, uh, again, I, I'm convinced Tom's reading my notes through my computer. Uh, but, uh, so one, one of the things I was thinking about was, you know, that dating in groups were having, you know, the like accountability and the, the whole courting thing is, is such a wonderful idea. Uh, I, I know there's, there's, uh, one of the examples I, I've seen is where depending on the, the level of their relationship. So if they're just dating, they're not engaged. There's very specific things that they have outlined. We are not going to do this. Like part of that is not going to be left alone. Part of that is, you know, we're only going to, you know, I think, I think it's like holding hands, like in some places, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, it's again, there, there, there's a, you know, there, there's a lot of value in setting healthy boundaries and having that communication ahead of time. You know, obviously if you get engaged, it's like, it's a little more serious. So then it kind of frees up a little bit, but then it's like, it doesn't really fully, you know, sex does not happen. Uh, you know, it, sex that aligns with the Bible doesn't, is not intended unless it's within the context of a married, a man, a woman. So, um, so thank you guys for joining us today. Um, and, uh, we, we really hope you, uh, you know, enjoyed this, this lesson. Uh, again, th this is, this is going to be a multiple part series. We're going to spread across a, a few months, maybe even a couple years. There's just so much to talk on this, but, um, Tom, I hate to put you on the spot. Do you, do you mind praying? If no, so? I'd, yeah. lo I'd love to. And, and, um, we're, like Tommy said, we're going to have uh, more on this topic and, and we'll have more from uh, Lori and Callie. And and, um, and we'd even love uh, if you want to contact Northside, if you have questions, we've talked about starting to answer some questions on the podcast. So in some upcoming podcasts, we'll have some ways that you can either email us or even call in. Yep. But uh, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to pray. Heavenly Father, um, this is a tough topic. Um, Lord, we, we, we know that marriage is from you, that you've ordained it, that uh, uh, we know that it's for our good. We know that you don't do anything uh, that doesn't have a good reason. And Lord, even if we didn't know that reason, uh, we know that it's in our best interest to be obedient to you. Lord, help all of us to, to live the way you would have us live, to live sin-free, Lord, to confess and get away from sin as quick as we can if we do slip and fall. Lord, guide um, those who are in dating relationships or moving into dating relationships, those who are newly engaged, Lord. Give them the strength, um, the discernment, uh, and the ability to abstain so that they can truly um, retain the specialness of what it is to join with someone in such an intimate and physical manner. Lord, we thank you that we've had the opportunity to talk about this topic today. We pray, Lord, it's been to your glory. Um, that it will benefit those that uh, are hearing this today um, near and far. Lord, thank you for this team um, and for what they bring and, and what we are able to do through the podcast. Lord, we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, don't forget to join us every Thursday morning, 7 a.m. to catch this episode or others, either on Amazon Music, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can go to mynorshow.com slash care for additional resources. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week.